This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, it's Feel Good Friday, Michael Holly, but uh, you and I both uh, feeling pretty down, uh, heartbroken right now. And uh, we're going to start the show on a sad note. Um, got the news earlier today of the uh, tragic uh, passing of, of David Patton, uh, three-time Super Bowl winning wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Uh, he died on Thursday uh, in a motorcycle accident in, uh, in his home state of South Carolina. Um, and, and that one hit close to home for us uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh one, 47 years old, um, older than me, younger than you. It's always just, you know, you get to a certain age, not that death at any point uh, is easy to accept, but you get to this certain age and it's like, man, it's like people that are your age that feel like there's so much ahead of them dying, especially in this time that we're living in right now with this, uh, this global pandemic. But a uh, motorcycle accident took David Patton, and he's somebody who uh, Michael and I both got a chance to know uh, covering the Patriots, uh, and Michael, for both of us, um, <laughs> great character, great person to interview, uh, yeah. had an incredible right. 2001 season in particular. I could I can remember that Colts game like it was yesterday. Everybody has seen the Super Bowl uh, catch, the only offensive touchdown for the Patriots in Super Bowl 36, Tom Brady's first career postseason touchdown pass. Uh, in the Super Bowl uh, against the Rams in the Superdome um, in January, two, or February season, 2002. Great, yeah. great catch. Right they, went the to the, they went to the replay on great it. Great catch. They went to the replay on it. Went to the replay, both uh, feet down. The, um, yep, put, put the Patriots up 14-3 uh, going into yep. uh, going into halftime, um, right before halftime. And then he called so one. Play. Awesome. In the AFC Championship game as well. Um but I was going to say, both of us, Michael, owe, owe quite a bit of debt to this man because both our lives and careers uh, would not be what they are, dare I say, uh, had we not uh, been along for that ride in, in the beginning of that Patriots dynasty, you know, and, and it goes for a lot of players, but and Patton's one of them, but just obviously we all know you've written four books about the Patriots, um, you know. My work got had a lot more eyes on it. I got a lot more credibility covering the NFL early in my career because I was fortunate enough to start my career covering the New England Patriots. But not to make it all about us. That's more of a, that's more a, 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 how we touched our lives directly. But really, yeah, yeah, uh, right. the world lost a good man, and and the NFL in particular, the the New England Patriots organization is in mourning because David Patton was legitimately a good dude, a minister, uh, a devout Christian, and a good dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you see that that uh, tweet there from Scott Pioli and Charlie Weiss and others, and that's why I say thank you, David Patton. Uh, yes, you say 
your your life changed, your career uh, trajectory changed, so did mine, because of guys like David Patton. He was very special to me, not only for the man that he was and, and the entertaining interviews that he gave and the spirit that he always had. I always think of David Patton and that huge smile, even if he was correcting you or even if he mm-hmm. was... Uh, arguing with you. He was able to argue with you while smiling, which is pretty amazing. But that group, did. Uh, that, 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 that group, that first uh, championship team, Super Bowl 36 for the Patriots, they beat the Rams. Uh, it was full of players who, who forced not just us covering the Patriots, but really the NFL really changed the conversation in the NFL. I know you don't remember this conversation we had with with Don Shula the night after or the morning after the Patriots beat the Rams uh, right there in New Orleans. I think it was the Marriott. One of, one of these hotels. Rec, uh, no, I re- no, I remember this. I remember but, the Shula conversation. I don't remember okay, the Belichick conversation. You remember the Belichick part. All right. Yeah, so, I remember the Shula, Shula one. Yeah. Remember, remember Shula was right behind. We were having breakfast and Shula was right behind us. Having breakfast, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Don Shula. Don Shula was uh, he, he, he was pretty involved. I mean, he was uh, he, he really, really enjoyed watching football and, and getting into the dynamics of how a game was won or lost. And I remember him saying after that, he said, man, they won the Super Bowl with a bunch of waiver wire guys. And the, the, the truth is, OK, not a lot of waiver wires, but a lot of free agents, a lot of guys who really were not highly regarded in other places. David Patton was one of those guys. I think the Patriots got him from the Browns. He didn't work out with the Browns. And remember, yep. the Browns had just yep. returned to Cleveland. Browns. They were not very good. Giants. Yeah. Giants before that. Right. And remember, he started off in the Arena League. Undrafted guy who went through the Arena League took the long route to get to So he was representative. To to New England. He was representative, uh, along with many others, of, of the spirit of that team. David Patton. Uh, Larry Izzo, Antoine Smith was cut from Buffalo and the Patriots picked him up. Mike Vrabel couldn't get any time in Pittsburgh and the Patriots uh, uh, rolled with him. Uh, you know, Mike Compton uh, was uh, kind of lightly regarded. And he was their center and their guard. Uh, he was their center when Damian Woody couldn't shotgun snap and he was their guard when they were running the ball. <laughs> I mean, they just had a lot of guys on that team. Yeah. Who other who, who felt like guys felt like hey, they're not paying attention to us, so we're going to make it happen in New England. So he is a huge, yeah. huge part of the Patriots' history and a big part of of Tom Brady's success too. That's ex- that's exactly right. I mean, the, he helped author NFL history. You know, if, if if that season and I mentioned that Colts game. I mean, I remember. Um, you know, he, he ran for a touchdown, threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown, and, and at the time, nobody had done that since Walter Payton, like 20 years before. This is back in 2001. Um, but if, if, if we all know about what Vinatieri did in the postseason, but if, if something goes differently throughout the season, who's to say what Brady's career becomes? You know, who's to say how NFL history unfolds from that moment on over the last two decades? Um, you know, I remember... Again, this was my first year out of college, 01, covering that team. I remember going to South Carolina. I, I believe, I, I think it was Columbia I went to, South Carolina to do a, a takeout, to do a feature on um, David Patton. Squar sent me to South Carolina to do a profile of him. Might have been off of that, that Colts game. 
as we were trying to, to, to get to know more about these characters that you're building. And, and that word character, over the years, Michael, um, it's gotten somewhat watered down. You and I both know that organizations, they, they distinguish between personal character and football character. You know, that football character is, do you show up on time? Right, is right. football the most important thing to you? Are you dependable right. in the right. locker room? So on and so forth. Your personal character, what you do with your family, what you do in your free time, as long as it doesn't compromise your availability, we don't really care about that. Yeah. But David Patton was a man that checked both boxes. And at the time, given the types of people that the Patriots had accumulated, like you, like you just ran down, that character conversation was, 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 was front and center trying to figure out how this group of ragtag individuals came together to pull off one of the greatest upsets in NFL history. And David Patton, his character, both uh, in the locker room, on the field, uh, but also as a man, is what people are really remembering. I mean, so he had some great highlight plays, but he was really a highlight for a lot of his teammates and a lot of people who got a chance to cross paths with him. I want to read uh, specifically Bill Belichick's and Robert Kraft's statements because they, they were very poignant, uh, very personal. And you can tell just by reading it, um, reading them, uh, that it, it hit them pretty hard. Uh, you know, out of all the players that they've coached, David Patton uh, seems to definitely have stood out. So this is Belichick. I'm heartbroken to hear of David's tragic passing at such a young age. I'm grateful to have coached David. He is an essential person and player in Patriots history without whom we would not have been Super Bowl champions. I especially appreciate David for his professional journey. As much as anyone, David epitomized the unheralded self-made player who defied enormous odds to not only earn a job in the NFL, but to become a key player on multiple championship teams. I can speak for anyone who had the pleasure to be around David that his work ethic, positive energy, and character were elite. My deepest condolences are with his family and loved ones. And then Robert Kraft uh, went on to say the following. I'm heartbroken by the news of David's passing. He was a devout Christian who followed his passion following his football career and founded his own ministry. Michael, I didn't know that. Uh, David transitioned from an yeah. undersized and understated wide receiver to a powerful and passionate preacher. No surprise. Uh, in New England, he will always be remembered as a three-time Super Bowl champion. His touchdown reception in the AFC Championship game at Pittsburgh propelled the Patriots to Super Bowl 36, and I'll never forget his remarkable catch in the back of the end zone in that game. It was our only offensive touchdown in the Super Bowl and secured our first championship in franchise history. Our sincerest sympathies are with his wife, uh, Galeana, uh, his family, and all who are mourning David's tragic and untimely death. So I, didn't, I don't know about you. I, I lost track of, of David. I didn't know he went on to become a preacher, but that doesn't surprise me yeah. at all, as, as we talked about. Yeah. He was always a minister uh, in that locker room, first yeah. in Foxborough, and eventually when they moved to Foxborough Stadium, excuse me, and then when they moved to Gillette Stadium. Yeah, and he was, uh, along with some other guys on that team who would really, uh, who, who were preachers, official and unofficial. David Patton was one of them on offense, on defense. Uh, they had a guy, they called him Moses uh, because he was so, because his words Anthony Pleasant. Uh, resonated so quickly Anthony Pleasant, in right? the locker room. And that was Anthony Pleasant. And so uh, he was yeah. a part of that uh, 2001 team as well. Roman Pfeiffer. Uh, another guy in the linebacking crew on that team, yeah. Terrell Buckley. We were just Buckley talking Jones. about I mean, just a, Troy Brown. Yeah. Was that yesterday? Guys. We're just about, what? look at Troy Brown, Troy Brown coaching. You know? Troy Brown yesterday. Yeah. So, uh, yes, uh, thank you. Thank you, David Patton, for, as you can see, you know, all the memories, too. It's not, not just the, the impact 
you know, on the field, substantial impact on the field, three-time champion. A lot of people forget about that. It's not like, oh, he was just there in 01. In 02, they were they they got off to an, uh, a nice little start. They were three and 0. And I remember him talking to Tom Brady on the field before they played San Diego. And he said to Brady, hey, man, we're going to go undefeated this year. No, no, Brady said to him, we're going to go undefeated this year <laughs> because that was one of his favorite <laughs> receivers, Patton was. And obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, but they had a lot of time together, and he was reliable. Like, look, if you're, if you're one of Brady's reliable receivers, uh, that's a high compliment. You're doing something right. He did something right yeah. for many years. And then he uh, finally... He was rewarded with, uh, in 2005, you know, he was coming up on free agency after 04, 2005. He got a nice contract from Washington, more than the Patriots wanted to pay, wanted to pay but he was able to get that big payday that, that he deserved. So uh, thank you, David Patton, for, yeah. for your work on the field and I'm telling you, man, we, would, we, we might not be here. I mean, I'm sure you'd have gone on to do great things. I'd like to think I would have as well. No, no, but, no. Our, again, that, no. that word trajectory. All, a lot of people, and, and I know I speak for a lot of people in media, a lot of people owe, uh, from the New England area, uh, owe their careers, New England and beyond, owe, their, owe a lot of their careers to being a part. It's no different than the Niners of the 80s, how, you know, talk about coaching trees and, 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 and people in organizations who go on and have great careers elsewhere because people want to be a part of it. Same in media. If you got the opportunity to be around the 90s Bulls, you know, or the 2000s Lakers or, or, or the Patriots or whatever, it, it gives you a different type of profile, you know what I mean, and a different type of credibility. People are reading and listening and watching you, um, you know, and for us being and other members of the media, being around the Patriots and, this, and, the, and the greatest dynasty in NFL history, it, it changed our lives. I mean, you know, again, Michael, I, I'm out of college less than a year after leaving Loyola, New Orleans. I'm back in the Superdome sitting next to you watching the Patriots win the Super Bowl, the morning of which you wrote the column, having spent the previous evening with Bill Belichick. I think you've told a story before, having spent the previous evening with Bill Belichick, and he laid out what the game plan was going to be to upset the Rams in 36. So that was one. And you started working on the book next year. And then they won it again with Patton as part of the team in 03. Okay. And Patriot Rain was born. So, again, he made you a rich man. He helped make you a rich man. <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy <laughs> to think of the impact that reverberates yeah. as a result, that, that the ripple effect that people like David Patton and many others, obviously, had on just these two dudes that's sitting here talking on Zoom every day. Before yeah. we go to break, you, you have something you want to add? Rich in spirit. Rich in spirit. Yes. Rich in spirit. It's no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. They're trying to put your just business a, out there. Let me just, uh, before we go to break, let, let, I just want to tie another story together. <laughs> Yeah, and this happened while uh, this happened a while back. Um, but today, the uh, the Broncos, uh, one of the many teams that uh, it's kind of a related story. That's why I want to you know shout out the Broncos and what they're doing. Uh, one of the many teams that a longtime uh, offensive assistant coach uh, Greg Knapp uh, served with. Uh, today, every Broncos coach, uh, personnel staff, football support staff member. This is according to Adam Schefter building bicycles for underprivileged children to honor the memory of Greg Knapp. He was a cyclist uh, who was killed in a, an accident when a car hit him back on July 22nd. Uh, he was just about to get started with the Jets. Uh, definitely made his way around to a lot of quarterbacks over the years. 
Atlanta, Oakland, Denver, San Francisco. Just this was a longtime assistant coach who, like David Patton, uh, nobody seems to have a bad word to say about him. So rest in peace That's to Greg right. Now, Rest in peace to uh, to to Greg uh, to David Patton. And from both the Michaels, you remember you, if we saw him today, he'd give us that big smile. I'd be like, "Hey!" I mean, like we, we spent many a time running up on this dude at his locker, asking him questions. He was so accommodating and so thoughtful. Uh, rest in heaven, uh, rest in peace, and rest in power, David Patton. All right, uh, we'll pick up the rest of the show uh, on the other side. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Mike, uh, I do not know how much you've had a chance to listen today. I know it's been a soundtrack of my day so far. Drake dropped Certified Lover Boy a little after midnight. Made us wait a little bit longer. A little after midnight, like between 1 and 2 o'clock, he dropped it. And uh, I've been listening to it all day. Look, I dig it, man. Nobody's more consistent than, than, than Drizzy. Nobody's more consistent. I mean, the man... He puts out hits. He 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 rarely, if ever, misses. Um, what'd you think of it so far? So far, you know, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but you know, I, I gotta tell you, I'm feeling the very first track called uh, "Champagne Poetry." I think it's called. I think it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so far, it's yeah. really good. I like yeah. the sound of it, um, and I'm not surprised. I mean, that's why I put. Drake and your favorite MCs up there. I'll explain what I mean by that in a second, but uh, I'm liking it. I'm looking forward to listening to more of it uh, this weekend. Since you've heard the whole thing, have you heard the whole thing? Are you almost through the whole thing? Yeah. No, I, I heard the whole I'm thing gonna, only once. Though. I have a, I, a, let, a few tracks I've repeated, right. but I haven't gone all the way through more than once. Oh, you do that, huh? I see. I, I'll listen. I won't repeat a track until I get to the the first batch then if, I mean if some of it some of it's just like too shopping. fire not to it's repeat the same thing as, it's the same way it's the same way uh, it's the same way I shop kind of kind of go uh, go I go through do a whole scouting mission first 
Then if something sticks in my back. head, I'm going to go back to that. Yeah. So, but, I mean, you, you mentioned champagne poetry. I, I had to immediately listen to champagne poetry again. Had to immediately listen to Poppy's Home again. Um, wow. Champagne poetry. Way too sexy was... Way too sexy was 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 pretty was pretty clever and it made even better by Kawhi Leonard being in the video, which is like pure comedy. Yeah. Um, as you might imagine. Uh No Friends in the Industry is fire. Um seven AM on, on Bridal Path is fire. I mean all, I mean, listen, it's like it's not is it good or bad, it's like which ones do you prefer? I mean, the dude he's one of my favorite MCs, um, of all time. Uh his 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 impact his his catalog, his excellence is undeniable. Ghostwriting rumors or not, I don't I don't care. The dude, the dude just is the to, he's a total package. He's total, say what you want about him, he's a total right. package. He's the absolute total package. All right, you know. You said, so, Mike, and, and this this is where I want to ask you, and that's why I put um, hmm. Drake. I think I called it what Drake and your favorite MC, something like that. Um, what does it take in basketball and, and, and other sports? We do this all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we update. We'll mm-hmm. update uh, based on what we saw. I mean, like when you were 10 years old, your favorite basketball player, who knows who that yeah. was. But by the time you get to 20 and 30, uh, you adjust the list, yeah. even though even if it means taking that figurative poster off the wall and putting somebody else up there, we yeah. do it. Yeah. MCs, yeah. musicians, it's harder to do. So you said Drake is Very one of your hard. favorite MCs. Is he a, like, is he a top five MC? And if he's a top five MC, see, I like to uh, see. I hate top fives. You know how much I'm I hate have top to say, fives. I'm because I'm. I know. I know. Because when you because because it, it forces you to be accountable. That's why. That's why it forces well, you. No, to make not a just decision. that. It's like it's like when you when you when, when you invoke top fives, you choose in violence. Like it's, we we go argue. You know what I mean? And it's like the problem with top fives is like people forget that it's personal. Okay. See, I I really like the fact that you fra- phrased it favorite. See, I always like, yeah. here are my favorite. See, the problem that people like Trey Young have, and you saw yes. it today, yeah. Trey Young, like, bro, you got to think this through. Or maybe not. Maybe he got exactly what he wanted, right? Maybe, or, or maybe that's, that's just how he feels. But again, he's he young, so, you know, you got to give him a pass. But, you know, Trey Young tweeting out, you know, when are we going to say that, that Drake has passed Hove, that Drake has passed Jay-Z, who, by the way, uh, is on the album. Uh, Love All is the track. Uh, yeah. We ain't gonna say nothing. When are we gonna say it? Okay, if you wanna say it, Trey, that's fine. We what? ain't saying anything, okay? Um, and, and he apologized. But you know what, he but he you know what Mike? Defendant. What? But it's like, I, I noticed this a while ago. Just saying, y'all just, like debate. Sick. No, don't back down. It's, it's cyclical <laughs> this way, though. I'm really not. It's cyclical like this. <laughs> it's uh, like, what? um, I remember it must have been, uh, I, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago. And just going through uh, different, maybe, maybe it's even longer, 15 years ago, just going through the actual media guys. And you know, they said, now you don't have to, they, you don't actually hand those out. You can just get it. It's all digital now. But back in the day, yeah. you'd be looking at a, you'd be holding a physical media guide. And I just, I started doing this after a while just to see what kind of consensus I could get. Every time I get a media guide and I go to, whether it's college or the pros, and they get to more about, you know, thumbnail sketch about this guy. You know, this is where he's oh, from. Yeah. This is his favorite yeah. food, favorite, favorite MC, MC, all this stuff. Yeah. 
Favorite MC Three. 15 years ago was a no. 15 years ago it was Hove. Oh, 15 years the, ago, like yeah. LeBron, but now everybody. But now these okay. kids, it's the so generation. Now, right. So okay, who's but then but then in my generation, it, it might have been Rakim. It might have been uh, KRS. It might have been Chuck D. Who's right? Well, who knows? Like if for you, it, it might have been. Well, Trey, no, well, that's, but that's why. That's why the word that's why the key word that's what I, that's the point I was trying to make the key word is favorite. Okay, like okay and, and again Trey Young whether you're trolling New York or not or whether he absolutely believes that it's just like the conversation. I like to focus the conversation on my favorite MCs, you know, so now some of my favorite MCs belong objectively in anybody's credible top five, but you know, I'm not going to because I, and I've always been fond of saying this is like because five. Why'd you like, say why can't somebody but see now you're contradicting yourself. Now you're contradicting yourself. I know I am. I know I am. Said, no, I look at you, you sideways. If, if Biggie's not in your top five, I do look at you sideways. If Biggie's not in your top five, I do look at you sideways. Yes, I do. I do. Come on, if Black on, Thought is not in your top five, I do look at you sideways. But everybody can't go in the top five. Everybody can't fit on Mount Rushmore. So so you know, there's there's some give or take. But for me, it's thought, it's three stacks, it's biggie. Out of respect, and because I enjoy him, it's Rakim. Okay, it's like it just—it's almost like if you do a Mount Rushmore quarterbacks, he do you go. not put Johnny Unitas on there? You know, do no, you not no, put no, Montana no, on there? No, you don't. It get no, you it don't. gets hard. It gets hard, right? It gets hard. My fifth rotates over over time. It's like at one point, Lil Wayne specifically, no ceilings, Lil Wayne. I'm just talking about ability. I ain't talking about all all all, all the crap that 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 the home Sales team is said and done. Yeah, I, I no, I'm just I'm, I'm okay. We talking about we talking on okay, the court. Just, okay. We talking on the field. Okay, got it. That's what I'm saying. But specifically, no ceilings, Lil Wayne is as talented as it comes. But like Drake is this. You know, I, I, my, my measuring stick. I don't know about you, Michael, but a lot of it is like if I got to drive. Who who am I putting on? You know what I mean. Who who's in constant rotation? Who who will I always go back to? You know, but this see, past week that, I was going that, back to when I was seventeen I years old, listening to ATLians. You know, so yeah. But Drake Drake but see, is like, he's he's one of my all time favorites. Is he top five? Like, eh, it's hard. But there's a case to be made for, for be to be in anybody's top five or a general top five. All right. See, this is what this is why even that has to be parsed. What you like? If you're going on a drive, that's a good barometer. So, I just drove down to to Stanford or Desert Island day. if you prefer. All right. Or Desert so, Island. So if that's you prefer. like you want a Desert Island. That's a few hours. Desert Island. It's a few hours, right? All right. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm driving by myself, that's okay. I can listen to anything. Now, who am I? Who am I rolling with? Who am I driving with? Am I driving with my boy Michael Smith? We might be listening to one thing. Am I no, driving, driving with myself. my wife? You driving by yourself? If I okay, by my, yeah. So I think it, I think it changes too, depending. But I want to go back to Rakim because this is uh, I, I we brought this up a couple weeks ago, and I really struggled to say I wouldn't put him in the top five now, just based on skills, just based on skills. Even though. I would say he is one of the most influential rappers we've ever had because nobody was rapping like that in 1985, 86, 87. Eric B is present, the whole thing. 
But people not only rap like that now, they've exceeded that. So he was important for the time that he came in. It was just like a completely, like, like he said, my unusual style will confuse you a while. If I was water, uh, I flow in and out. Right. So yeah. that was just different. Games changed, and so you got to recognize the change in games. Games evolved. And if I really, if I really thought about, it, I haven't thought about it that much. But if I had, if I really thought about it and studied it, and was honest about it, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people from the '80s and early '90s would would crack that top five because it's so. That's fair. It's so advanced now. It's so advanced. It's almost that's like so fa- that's, that's fair. Too, and it's all but the if, same tradition. You, but, okay, but going to sports, if you like, to, if you if you did a if you did a basketball Mount Rushmore, I know you would put Bill Ru- Bill Russell on your Mount Rushmore. I know you would. Okay, so uh, if, if it kind of feels like that a little bit, it's like yeah, and he might you know, be the has, only has, the, has the genre has has the he genre might be the evolved. Only one from the six, sure. But cert, but certain people just stand the test of time, and I think Drake is going to be that guy. He's already stood the test of time. We've been at it for quite a while, and has remained relevant, remained on top of the game. I got number good things to say about this album. Uh, in contrast to Donda, it crushes Donda. That wasn't even a fair fight. And honestly, you know, Kanye oh, versus Drake, up, they please. might be beefing, they might be rivals. Right. Kanye don't don't spit the same way Drake. Like that's just in the album, well, hold on it's now. not even close. Well, wait a minute. These two albums, it's wait not even minute. close. I know. Well, 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 okay. These two albums, not close. That's correct. And even though I haven't listened to all of uh, Certified Lover Boy, but let's just keep going. Let's not forget. Like people have. Uh, have have made fun of Kanye, and Kanye has gone Kanye was way off somewhere. Kanye was an Kanye exceptional was MC That's and producer. He, he was he incredible. Was, yes. no, I miss the That's old Kanye. Kanye yeah. was incredible. He was incredible. You ever see? Okay, and he's one of the greatest artists of all time. Drama aside, one of the greatest artists of all time. But as an really MC, he, he just can't see Drake, and most people can't see Drake as an MC. There's no shame in that. Even uh, well, we'll come back now. to this well, later. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. We can't, he couldn't he can't see him, see him, him period, or we can't see him right now. He couldn't see him then either. Now oh, and stop. then. You ever seen like, the history of Kanye at his best? The history of rap? Kanye at his best Did you see is that? not on the level in terms of bars that Drake is. Kanye was great, but he, but he just not he's not as clever. Uh, Wordplay, his flow, his delivery, it's not, not the same. Not it's, as clever. It's not the same. Kanye was good. Kanye was good. Not as. Not as. Uh, Kanye was exceptional. We talk about Pete Kanye. He was exceptional. He was exceptional. But just not the same. It's okay. He's an incredible mm-hmm. artist. I, I don't even call Kanye oh, MC. No. I call him an artist. I call him an artist. We'll come back to this later. We'll come back to this later with Vinny and Karen Phillips. Vinny Goodwill, Karen Phillips, join us All later. Right. Even Tom Brady got in on the act. He posted a billboard. Uh, ain't no debating the GOAT in quarterbacks. I don't know if we showed that or not. But... Uh, Tom Brady got in there. Tom Brady, social there's, there's Brady, then there's social media Tom Brady. Look at this. Like, dude just always on his game. Always on his game. Feel kind of left out, to be honest. Congrats, bro. Hey, Tampa, I'm not on Certified Lover Boy. It's just, he's just always, like, just is on point. But, bro, I don't know if you saw this video of Brady um, sitting with several of his teammates. I think it was Levante, David, Mike Evans, and Gronkowski. Um, and he starts breaking down football Dude's just a savant. Listen for yourself. Here's Tom Brady. I think the one thing about football that's changed over the years, which I think is really hard for someone like me who's played a long time to watch, is like it's not being taught the right way. Like a quarterback should only throw the ball to certain places because your receiver is in danger of getting hit. For example, when I used to play against Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't throw the ball to the middle <laughs> of the field because he would he he'd go after you and he would hit like and we didn't always have the biggest receivers, but he would hit them and knock them out of the game. Mm. And now any every hard hit is a penalty on the defense. So I feel mm. like they penalize defensive players for offensive mistakes. Mm. So, like, if a quarterback, I was watching the Chicago Bear game, <laughs> the, quarter, the quarterback like, messes up, doesn't see the blitzer, and, or the line screws up. I don't know what happened. But the quarterback or the line on offense, the defensive player comes in and hits him hard, and they throw a flag on the defense. So they've almost moved the protection of your opponent to you as opposed to where it should be, which is on yourself. Like, if you're a quarterback, you got to protect yourself and your players. It shouldn't be the responsibility of your opponent to protect you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real – it creates really bad habits for players because you feel like I can basically do anything. I could run and not slide. I can throw the, my receiver into any coverage and not have any repercussion for it. The only thing they're going to do is they're actually going to blame the defensive player mm -hmm. for making a good, solid hit, and now the defensive player is going to feel like, oh, I can't do that, mm -hmm. even though I feel like it was an offensive mistake. So in the end, I think it's a really disservice oh God, to the sport. Because yeah. the sport isn't being played at a high level mm -hmm. like I, I believe that it once was. It actually deteriorates because you're not teaching the players the reasons and the fundamentals of what the sport should be. Damn, that okay. was fascinating. Okay. I hear perspective and I hear passion. I hear passion. I'm up into 55 now. I ain't going to play until he's 50. I'm going to play until he's 55. But um, I hear passion. I hear perspective. I mean, the, dude, the way the dude sees the game is just incredible to, to, to as a quarterback who's benefited from a lot of that to be able to see it objectively, you know, over the course of 20 years and how the game has evolved and like how it should be played. That was just really, really quality, quality stuff there. Um, I, I don't know if does, does he even amaze you at this point with some of the stuff he says. We talk about how amazed that we are at what he still does at this age, but with some of the stuff he says and more important, some of the stuff he sees. Tom Brady, top five MC. After that, definitely not. That, now you want you want to talk about spitting <laughs> there? I was bars. He was spitting. That was bars. He was. He was. He had some bars. You know what? They, you know what? In all seriousness, Mike. You know where he needs to be? He needs to be if they allow players to do it. I know coaches are on the uh, competition committee. They should have Tom Brady if he's willing to do it. Just kind of drop in. I look, how about a little cameo? When they talk about how the game is played right. little TED talk. year after year, <laughs> why not have him? I'm yeah. serious. You know why? Because for many years, um, and, you know, with, with all respect to the people who have been, who have led that committee, sometimes it's not always players who are making up these new rules. And a lot of times it is. Some guys have a little no, bit of experience. But they have, I know, they have, uh, a, they have voices, I know Rich though. McKay. They definitely have voices. Rich McKay used to lead it for a long time. I mean, you know, I know his dad was... Involved in football and stuff, but he, you know, he ain't play. I, but so I don't, I don't I think, think they you sit have on the competition committee. But it's always in consultation. It's always in consultation with players. Forget about consultation. Almost, have, be I'm, in the I'm room. They start, sure. Right before they make these, when they, when they in have the a vote on what should happen, mm -hmm. let's have a player come mm -hmm. in and say, "This is this is my case for it or my case against it." But yeah, this is this is uh, yeah. this is the benefit. This is the benefit. I know they've divorced now. But this is the benefit of the oh, Brady yeah. you're hearing Belichick him. relationship. Yeah. It's the yeah, benefit you're of the relationship. Him differently. You know, Brady, Brady I, was I able think he to listen still... to him and he was able to listen to yeah. Brady. So I don't know if you saw. So Peyton Manning, uh, I, I, did, I saw the headline earlier. 
it might it might have initially come from our guy Charles Robinson. If I don't want to miss miss uh, attribute this, but Charles has speculated recently that oh man, Peyton Manning as commissioner that feels right, and then Peyton today. I believe said he has no interest whatsoever in being commissioner. I'll take it a step farther than competition committee like Brady. If he were so inclined could be commissioner of the National Football League because I, I feel like just like we, t- we talked about Peter King and the Monday morning quarterback the other day. Um, how he's putting his arm around his fourth round rookie receiver. Nothing is beneath Tom Brady. No detail. No task. Uh, you know, no role. Nothing is beneath him at this point. Nothing bores him. You know, nothing is too mundane or rudimentary for him. It's like, you know, everything about football fascinates and excites him and energizes him. And I could see him, if he wants to coach, he could coach. If he wants to general manage, he could general manage. If he wants to own a team, he'll have enough money to own a team. Uh, If he wants to be commissioner, to your point, I I love to see him over the whole thing. Um, But in the meantime, in between I think commissioner is too much. Clyde Christensen. Okay. I don't think he'd be a good commissioner. Clyde Christensen, you, you see this headline here. Uh, yeah. Says that Brady looks like he's 25 and thinks he'll be better this year. Is that is that let me ask you this about that about that headline, Michael. Is that stating the obvious? Like, have you have we do you assume Brady? Because I kind of assumed it, but I guess hearing uh the quarterback coach say he looks like he's 25 out there, and then putting together the fact that even you know, during last season, Brady didn't think that they would win it last year. He didn't think that they would end up where they did. That did that, that light didn't come on for him. You know, and I know this that didn't come on for him until the playoffs where they thought, okay, wait a minute, we might actually have a chance to win this. So now you come back, run the whole thing back. You bring the band back together. You got a, a something of a normal offseason and training camp and preseason looks great in the preseason healthy. Is it is it stating the obvious that he should be better than he was last year? And by better than last year, we're talking about 40 touchdown passes at age 43. You assume it'll be better next year? I kind of think it's kind of almost like a given, barring injury to him or his supporting cast. It feels like a given that he'll be better than last year, which is saying a hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, how do I answer this? I would say this, Mike. I think he'll be better. I think he'll be more comfortable than he was last year. He'll, he'll be better in his understanding of what they're trying to do and just the operations of being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer after 20 years of being a Patriot. And it may not show up, though. That better may not show up in the statistics. In other words, I'm not saying he's right. okay. He threw 40 right. touchdown passes last year. He'll he may throw 35. Fewer interceptions this year. I don't know. Because yeah. this is what we have. Like, let, let's, not, let's not minimize his age, his age is a strength and his age is a weakness in a way too. All right. So this is what this is where I look at it in, in, in scales. So this is the age scale and this is the physical skills scale. And I think uh, age, you know, or, or knowledge in physical skills. So knowledge is here. Physical skills is there for Brady. Whereas knowledge for Peyton Manning was at that same level. And his last year physical of physical skills, skills right, were way down there. And so yeah. Brady still has a good balance that makes him a top 10 quarterback, but a top 10 quarterback in today's NFL. I don't think he is the best quarterback in the league skills wise, but if you mix his skills and his knowledge, that was a little conservative, got, wasn't he, it? What top 10 top 10. That was a little conservative, wasn't it? Not really. 
Not really. I'm skills wise. To top 10 skills? I mean, like, look, let's, yeah. let's face it. Aaron Rodgers can do things that Tom Brady can't do. Patrick Mahomes can do things that Tom Brady can't do. I think Josh Allen can do things that Tom Brady well, yeah. can't do physically. Uh, and, and Lamar Jackson can oh. do things that Tom Brady can't do. Oh. I mean, you can, you can, go, down, oh. you can go down the list. He's oh. in the top 10. Oh. It's not oh, like, oh, Brady. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, oh I see. Uh, yeah, oh, go ahead. Go I, ahead. Think go ahead. I, I think I go hear ahead. you. You, Throw it up. You, you, okay, there you go. You got it. No, you, you got it. Go ahead. Put, sound him like him. a. You punch sound him. like a rookie. Uh, if you sound you, you a rookie. We talk about trading. You a rookie. You sound awfully like. Sound a lot like this Cowboys rookie, um, uh, Osa uh, Odigazua. Osa Odigazua, rookie defensive lineman out of UCLA. I mean, this is this is. I mean, he says he's not very mobile. I mean, you know, he's been playing for twenty one years. The dude is a little older, not too mobile. I'd say that's probably what it is. Talking about Brady having a weakness. Now he went on to say, "Brady ain't checking for me. Brady, Brady, Brady that's ain't paying attention fair. to what, I, what I'm saying." Well, hey, no, no lies told. It, as you maybe say. it's fair. Maybe it's accurate. No cap. But okay, maybe, maybe, maybe he ain't capping. But hey, man, I appreciate if you. this word if he, he's a little older, not too mobile. Hey, kid, he's never been mobile. Okay, even when he was younger and he's still carving you is up it, like a is, it doesn't matter. Oh, he's y'all, mobile y'all in the pocket. B, why y'all would you say it? Like you got to know better than this, man. Like even as a rookie, you got to know oh, this, man. It, like do not say anything because a week. Okay, a week from. Okay, Tell I guarantee you. A week from today, when we're okay, man. Let it be unspoken. We just thought about Urban Meyer, like saying the quiet thing out loud. Like, hey, man, maybe he is a little older. We know that. Maybe he isn't as mobile as he was before when he wasn't mobile to begin with. You you shouldn't be saying that because you and I both know a week from tomorrow we'll be rolling tape. Of, of, of Tom Brady getting in poor uh, Osa's face, talking trash, nodding at him, saying something. Get, you, you know he's going to do it. You know he's going to say, hey, okay. I'm, I'm, do I look mobile now? You know he's going to say it when he carved him up. He knows he's not mobile. A week from last night. You don't say that out. You don't, you don't say that about Tom Brady. Like Mike McCarthy, that's a coaching error. You got, you, that's a coaching error already to not tell your team, hey, when they ask you about Tom Brady, all you are to do is extol this man's virtues. Man, stop. Say that you just hope to touch stop. the hem of his garment next Thursday night. That's what your job is. There it is. You ain't supposed to be telling us what we already can assume that he ain't that mobile. Like what you doing, kid? You got to know better. Hey. Oh, you got to be mobile and throw See, five touchdown passes. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. The extremes. The extremes with Tom Brady the last couple of years. Uh, in, in 2019, with bad personnel around him. Oh, Brady's done. He looks old. Whatever. And in 2020, after his 40 touchdown season and his Super Bowl MVP, hey, Brady, you can't talk about Brady's weaknesses. Brady's amazing. Brady's infallible. No, he wasn't done in 19. He wasn't infallible in 2020. The truth is, that is a weakness of Tom Brady, but he has been able to thrive even though he has it is it his mobility, his lack of his lack of mobility. Would, that's is, not a weakness. Okay, wait, wait. Okay. Wait, if wait, you're saying 20 is it a weakness. Time Thank you. Go ahead. Is it a is it a strength? Is it a strength? Okay, it may not be a strength. Well, it depends on how you define okay. mobility. 
Is he a dual threat quarterback? I'm not talking about how he's mobile. I know. I know Tony Romo. I heard you say many times, Tony Romo. He's people talk about his lack of mobility and Phil Simms too when he was doing the game. Hey, people talk about his lack of mobility. He's as evasive Um, in the pocket as anybody has ever been. He steps up in the pocket. I got it. I got it. That's all he needs to be. He's as mobile as he needs to be. So to say it's a weakness, I think that's what Osa said. Um, And you just said it. I wouldn't use any word. Brady has no weaknesses. He has no weaknesses. He just doesn't do that thing. Like what? Like what? Like what? Really? Like what? What's what's the weakness? Like what? Brady's? I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait. What's What's Brady's weakness? weakness? I'll wait. He's not fast. Yeah. He's not fast in a league that's getting faster. Now, what what he's been able to do, but he's he's probably the smartest uh, player in the league, the smartest, wisest player in the league. So his lack of speed kind of is minimized by his his significant gifts, his significant uh, significant acumen, right? But right now he can get away with that as he demit as he gets a little right slower. Now, he's as the skills that get away with skills it. diminish a little bit more. We got a different it, definition. It will be exposed. We, we it hasn't been to argue about this all day. It hasn't been. It will exposed. never be. It never has. Been. Is a weak to me, Michael. Weakness is kryptonite. Emphasis like weak is the root word of weakness. Weakness is something that like if it's it, if, if, it, if it is exposed, it's it's not a weakness. Exactly, it's not a weakness. Look, I'm not seven it's feet relative. tall. That don't make me short. Okay, just because Brady ain't running a four or five, just because he ain't Cam Newton, doesn't mean it's a weakness. It's just not his game. Well, you have to bring him up. But now you're bringing him up. I'm perfectly fine having Brady's skills. And not being able, okay, oh, so Brady can't run. And Brady could run, I guess he'd be Aaron Rodgers, right? But it hasn't held him back at all. A weakness suggests that you can you can defeat him if you exploit his lack of mobility. Every quarter, no quarterback likes pressure up the middle. I mean, yeah, that's the Giants. Every quarterback, you know, succumbs to pressure up the middle. That's not saying anything. He his mobility okay. is a non-issue, and his rookie should know better all than right. to say anything we'll that can be construed to- as so-called bulletin board material. We got to wrap this up. We got company Rookie's on the other right. side. So we'll rookies, right? We got Ask we got Justin a whole Tuck. week to talk about Cowboys, Bucks, and how ill-advised it is to Ask talk Justin about Tuck how they beat them. A twice. weakness, Tom Brady. It wasn't Ask lack of Justin mobility. Tuck it was lack of blocking. It was it was lack of blocking, not mobility. Okay. Okay. It's, it's so, not a weakness. Okay, that's what it was. Okay. It's not even worth bringing up. Is my point. Najee Harris coming okay. through on the other side. Future Offensive Rookie of the Year. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. One, two, three, four. 
Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. Drop dead. Little play action now. He steps up. Fires underneath. It goes to Najee Harris. Harris trying to make a couple of guys miss. He turns on the Jets. Harris at the 30, the 20, the 10. That's exactly what that guy could do. 46 yards out of nowhere, Charlie. Finds Harris, and here he is. This is what he does beautifully. He sets up the block, turning a five-yard catch into a 46-yarder. This is exactly what this offense needs. And as you can see, Heinz Field is electric right now because they've been waiting for a player like this. Oh, he was breaking some ankles along the way there. Drop dead. Mike Smith, I put in the feed, I put in the feed today that our running game is here. Obviously, that was a reference to the running back, Najee Harris, the pride of Alabama, first round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Najee, I got to tell you, I overthought the entire draft process. I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers needing a running back. I see Najee Harris from Alabama. I say, it's not that easy. I'm not going to pick Najee Harris going to Pittsburgh. I mean, something else is going to happen. Sure enough, on draft day, Pittsburgh Steelers draft Najee Harris. I'm, I'm wondering if you did any pre-draft visualization and thought, I'd love to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, or, or did you think of another team? Man, from the jump, after I heard that um, I might be going to Pittsburgh, I mean, I was already excited. I was like, man, if that ends up happening, that'll be the like that'll be the most perfect spot I could be at, especially for a running back. Because you know, Pittsburgh still is really, you know, the running back position is like it's so important there. While others will say it's a dying position. So like, you know, if I was like, if that worked out, man, that'll be like unrealistic. I that ain't even that'll be crazy. So like, <laughs> um, I saw at the Dolphins and I saw the, the Cardinals. I was talking to them, and they got the 16th. Cardinals had the 16th and Dolphins had the 18th, and then Pittsburgh was at 24. So I'm like, I'm like, man, I don't think, I don't know, man, I don't know if I'll make it there. And sure enough, I made it there. I started getting kind of scared. I was like, man, I don't think I'm gonna get picked in the first round, man. When they made that call, hmm. I tell you, man, I was, I was like, dog, this is like a dream. You know what I mean? To get picked there. So I'm here. I'm excited. <laughs> well, Najee, uh, speaking of dreams and fantasies shall we um i just got an email <laughs> from my fantasy league commissioner informing me that uh bishop sycamore that's my team bishop sycamore uh is picking uh, is picking 16th i don't know that you're gonna be there i because I, i'm targeting you I'm, I'm telling you even before i knew you were coming on the show i'm targeting you in my fantasy draft but i don't, I don't need you to tell me why you're a good fantasy pick I would just like to know how much people talk to you about fantasy and if you're sick of hearing about fantasy. I know some players have kind of like a love-hate relationship. You'll appreciate how invested the fans are, but you ain't trying to hear about people's fantasy teams. You try to win in reality. So how many people are either, uh, you know, messaging you on social media or when you see them on the street being like, I got you on my fantasy team. How many people are bringing it up to you? Well, you know what? Now that you say that, somebody did. I was at a, I was eating somewhere. I think I... At, at Panera Bread, and the dude at the cash register did show me his phone. Was like, no, I was eating that off the hook over here. Dude was like, hey, I got you in my fantasy. I don't even play fantasy, you know, so I don't even know like 
what it means or anything because I never played fantasy. I never really like trip out of fantasy. But um, these past, what, 30, 40 minutes, this is the most I've ever been talking about about fantasy. So, like, I'm I'm getting, <laughs> I, I'm learning about it every, 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 every minute. You know, it's not like I go in the facility and they talk about, uh-huh, I'm serious, man. It's not like I go in the facility and we talk about fantasy football. So, you know, these past 30 minutes is the most I've ever talked about fantasy football. And it's crazy, man, because I don't know nothing about it. Not at all. Well, listen, all you, you need know, to know is just do what you do. Just just hurdle people, <laughs> run around, run over people. Just do what you do, and the rest will take care of itself. You don't have to do anything. You just got to be Najee Harris. You and, and we thank you for being the best version of yourself. It's really that simple. Hey, man, if I could be myself, I'm always happy, dog. So, hey, listen, I, I don't know how that stuff works, but, you know, when I get the ball, I'll make some shake, I guess. <laughs> hey, hey, Najee, speaking of being yourself, and we're talking about drafts, okay, fantasy football draft, Michael Smith is going to draft. You get ready for that. But then b- back to the NFL draft, what you did no on pressure. draft day is – is legendary. It's legendary. Could you just tell yeah. us like what went into that? What went into your your decision making process? Hey, I'm not going to be here just going across uh, being there in, in the green room with the other draft picks. I'm going to do something else. Just tell us about your your process there. Yeah. So um, uh, I did get invited to to the, to the NFL draft. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm lucky and blessed to even be invited to that because it was only picking a certain amount of people. Um, so, but I mean, some of the rules is like, you can only bring like, cause of COVID it was restriction. You don't have to bring a certain amount of people. So, I mean, that was a red flag for me cause ain't no way like five people helped me get where I'm at today. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have it back home in the Bay area where all my, all my friends and my people's at. So, um, mm. I had it at, at Rob Ben's and it's, uh, that's, that's my friend. That's my friend, Marshawn spot. He owns a restaurant, and that's in Oakland. And uh, so I start, so I start doing a lot. I always do, I always do everything to, to help out people any way I can because I know how the platform. So you know, anything that I try to, you know, I guess talk about, you know, get more attention. So um, I went to Richmond where I stayed at. I used to stay at in Richmond, uh, Grit Greater Grit, is a, a homeless shelter. Me and my family used to stay at, and uh, we went there just to just to. To talk to, to talk to the people there and find out ways we can help out, um, man. And they, I mean, I I don't talk about football when I, whenever I'm away from football. I just talk about ways I can help. So um, you know, one thing we did there, I was like, you know, and if you guys need any source of food or any source of like, you know, uh, backpacks or anything for the kids, you know, I'm I'm always here to help. And uh, I, I came back again like the next week, and we was like, uh, you know, I want to plan something here, like maybe have like a little food thing outside or like a, a food giveaway. And then, you know, we all started brainstorming. It was like, you know, we can do a, a a draft party. I was like, man, you know, I don't like I don't like talking about football, man. I was like, no, but Najee, look, you know. And then, you know, we all started talking. It was like, and I started thinking. I was like, you know what? That would be good, actually, to have something like that here, to have two draft parties, basically. So, um, <clears throat> you know, me and my team, we all started talking. We all started talking. It was like, all right, cool. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have a draft party here in Richmond, where I stayed at. We're going to have one in Oakland at um at uh at Rob Benz. Now I didn't want none of the thing at Richmond to get any attention at all because you know when I was staying there, I know how kind of, you know, I was kind of like just shy and embarrassed in a way. So, you know, I was like, you know, I don't want no cameras here, no nothing. Like just, you know, I just want to have the party, the food there, it's for the people. 
And uh, I guess her name was Kathleen. And she talked to them. She was like, uh, I came back the next day and it was like, no, no, they're all fine with being on cameras like that. I was like, well, it, it's all right. I, I don't want to have no cameras. So when I came, so I was talking to my friend KP and he was like, you know, nah, they, uh, the news found out you're going to do something at the homeless shelter. I was like, man, what do you think? Like, you think I should do that? You know, like he was like, man, you know, it's up to you. I was like, I was like, well, if you think it, if you think it's gonna be a good idea, I mean, but like, and then Kathleen said like they're okay with it. So I'm like, you know what? All right, we just have one people. I thought it was gonna be one news thing team there. Man, I showed up, I showed up there on my draft night. Dog, it was like a goddamn press conference. It was hella people out there. It was hella people. They had they had a podium there. They had a whole podium there, man. Um, but you know, other than that, you know, I was talking to them. But when I walked in there and I saw all the kids happy and smiling and stuff like that, you know. That's really all that mattered um, that night was, was just seeing all those kids, you know, just put a smile on their face. Um, and um, so, you know, that happened. And then I got drafted. I mean, between and, and that was just the, you know, no cap, as the kids say, that was just one of the many stories that just endeared you to, to, to me and Michael, whether it was, you know, you working out at the Senior Bowl, even though you didn't have to, or at least from the outside, <laughs> yeah. you didn't have to, or, or, or driving to Alabama's Pro Day to see your teammates perform, and now you add this to it. Um, and by the way, before I forget, I was going to move on with the public, you just casually was like my friend Marshawn. You're talking about Lynch, right? You're talking about that Marshawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Just just checking. Like I yeah. I love to yeah, know, you know what the, what that relationship is. What kind of what kind of influence and and, and mentor uh, if 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 that's the, what the relationship is. What kind of big brother is Marshawn Lynch to you? Yeah, it's well, yeah. It's, it's I have I have a lot, man. It's uh, KP helps me out a lot. It's Marshawn Lynch and um, um Marcus Peters, Josh Johnson. Um, they all they all are uh, are all helping me out throughout this process because you know they got more experience. Um than me in, in, in this. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, anytime I look for advice, I reach out to them for. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, Marshawn helped me out a lot about, you know, how important it is to save money and to, to make sure that, you know, you're not just out Take here wild. Take care of your and, chicken. Take care of your chicken, man. <laughs> um, you know, and he, he's always telling me, like, you know, never be distracted off the stuff that's off the field because, you know, at the end of the day, it's what you do that's on the field that's going to, you know, help take you a long way. You know, it's going to open up a lot of doors, too. So make sure you never lose focus of the main goal, basically, trying to say. And, you know, I have Marcus. Uh, I think Marshawn, he, he, he could have made it that night. But uh, after draft night, I did have Marcus there and Josh. They was there. And obviously, KP. KP's always there. And uh, But, yeah, you know, so, I mean, they're, always, they're all my mentors. So, <clears throat> that was the process. And I know we I – know- I know we're getting to be tight on time. Uh, got so many things I could ask you, but I'd love to know uh, how how you're transitioning in Pittsburgh and how you're planting your roots in Pittsburgh. You mentioned, I mean, it's, I, I imagine it's kind of similar to, to Tuscaloosa in some ways. It's almost like a college town in their fandom and their their support <laughs> of their team. Why are you looking like that? Oh, I'm talking yeah, about how much yeah, they yeah, love yeah, their Steelers. Yeah, I love your reaction. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about how much they. <laughs> I'm talking about how much they love their Steelers and their running backs in particular. So that's what I mean. Like, yeah. what's it been like moving and planning your roots and transitioning from college to the pros, really just from a community standpoint? Yeah, man. So this is how I see it, all right? So first of all, it's, you know, two different places, Alabama and Tuscaloosa. <clears throat> but Yeah, um, of course. Or Alabama and Pittsburgh. But anyways, other than that, though, um, you know, 
the way, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of things here in Pittsburgh, but like, like I said, I'm a rookie and you know, the, the best, the best line I like, I like to tell myself, cause you know, I always want to do so much in the community. I always want to do so much for like, you know, just the city state, anything that I can do to help. But, you know, I always tell myself like, you, you can't be a King when you ain't earn no rank. You know what I mean? Like, so I just got here, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I'm, I'm a rookie. I have not, I have yet to achieve anything um, from why I'm here, and that's to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers and to, uh, you know, improve the, with, with they, the running game and, you know, just to help the organization win. So, you know, when I do that, then I can I can uh, start doing a lot of stuff off the field, you know, um, because, like, like, you can't lose focus of the main goal. The main goal is to improve and make sure that you're winning games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, when that goes up and running, then I continue doing stuff off the field um, but you know, it's not like I haven't been doing anything. I have been doing stuff, but you know, I, I want to do more. It's just like I said, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to do too much and not lose focus of the main goal. And that's man, that's the win games yeah. and improve the game. Yeah. Well, first of all, Hey, Najee, shout out to Pittsburgh. Uh, that's where I went to college downtown point park. Oh, shout out. Man, that's what's up, dog. So, that's what's up. Love, love <laughs> Pittsburgh. Uh, one of my favorite cities, uh, in, in North America. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, one quick question, then I'm going to get to what you uh, got going on with Lowe's. On the way in, I don't know if you heard our conversation, brief conversation about Tom Brady. I think you were shaking your head on it. Uh, any opinions on what we were saying about Brady, uh, whether a rookie uh, should have been talking about Brady's weakness? Oh, I was shaking my head because I heard something about some kryptonite. I'm like, they talking about superheroes in this thing? Like, what are they, what are they doing? But but you're talking about Tom Brady. Oh, uh, we, we do talk. We do we do talk about comic books, though, too, if you're interested in that. I mean, that's... <laughs> I want to talk about everything on this issue. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I, I was just like, what the... I was like, what are, they, what are they talking about? But um, uh, about the Tom Brady thing, I don't know nothing about what was said. Um, as far as I know, Tom Brady is, is... You know, I mean, age does not matter. I mean, you see Ben, you see Tom, you know, all those guys are still producing at a at a, at a pretty high level. Um, so, you know, but for me, man, I respect everybody. You know what I mean? I... Before I before I open my mouth, you know, I mean, I I like to know all the facts, all the logistics. So I don't know anything about Tom, uh, and I have not watched film other than what I see on TV, of course, and him winning Super Bowls. Um, but that's a that, good. You know, that is a good. That's a good Pittsburgh Steelers answer too. That is a great answer <laughs> uh, uh, for a rookie. Hey, I don't know nothing about it until I research it. You know something about superheroes though? You a superheroes fan? I am. Who's, who's your guy? Yeah. Man. Well, he's a villain, but I still like him, though. He's a hero in a lot of ways. I like Bane. I like Bane. I like Superman. Good call. I like Batman. Um, yeah. Man, I like, I like, I like, uh, I like Thor. I can go on and on, man. I like anime. I can go on and talk about some right. anime, man. I can I, I talk now about a lot of stuff. Bane, dog. Man, when you when you have more time, please come in, brother from another, and just like do a show with us because this is the yeah. kind of stuff we talk about. We talk about sports, music, we talk about movies, uh, we talk about uh, parenthood, all that stuff. So you would be great. You would be great. Y'all gotta invite me on the show, show then, man. Y'all gotta hey, invite let, me on you're the invited. show. You, you ain't oh, say, it's, you it's ain't there. Say, it's done. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to break out the shell I'm in. I'm trying to break out the shell I'm in. You know, so I mean. I'm in the shell, man. I'm I'm, I'm real like closed off duck dude, man. I'll be like, I'll be to myself. I'll be paranoid. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. 
I'm serious. So like, uh, so you know, if I could be Whatever. on the show, man, and like, and, and talk to and talk to the world, man, what? I'd be crazy. So well, hey, you got it, man. man. Don't don't, 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 start, don't say that. Then. Don't say hey, that. Yeah, and exactly. then don't come through. Yeah. Don't don't start running for we, 150 yards a game, and then you're too busy, and then you, and then our calls and messages and emails go unreturned and whatnot. Don't don't do that. I ain't never don't, too busy. Do what, though. brother from another mother? Come on now. You never gonna be too busy for that. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> oh my God! I think we uh, did. Before, wait, before we go, I think we did. We will be remiss. We you got you got to tell it. You're here on behalf of Lowe's. You got to tell us uh, Lowe's home team of NFL players. Um, you're a member of. You got to tell us what you're doing with Lowe's before you go. We got to pay these bills. Yeah. Um, so like I told you guys about the homeless shelter, <clears throat> I used to stay there. Um, so they're helping yeah. with a project off the field. Um, I'm actually uh, renovating. Um, a lot of their stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna renovate a lot of their stuff there. The carpet, their I don't know why I can't think of the rest. The carpet though, they got they want they want uh, new washers and dryers. And man, I've been learning too much of these plays. But I think it's something else that they need. And you know, they're all gonna help me with that stuff. So, you know, as as ever, I'm I'm so humbled and, and appreciative to have the Lowe's team on my side and um, you know, uh, and just be a part of the Lowe's team and um former players there and then um and yeah, man, just appreciative of everything. We're appreciative of you, man. Let me tell you something. Um, you're doing incredible stuff off the field. Uh, can't wait to see what you do as a pro on the field. Uh, and, and you already know they love their running backs. They love their Steelers. They love their running backs in Pittsburgh, and they travel. Those fans travel like nobody's business. Hey, like, man, they travel everywhere. We would definitely welcome you back. Everywhere. I was in North Carolina. Everywhere, bro. I was in North the for, when we played North Carolina. It was nothing but Pittsburgh fan people in there. The whole stadium. It was a away game. Tell me I'm you. like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> I just see everybody waving their towel. <laughs> right. It's just, it's, that's what I was saying about the Bama thing. It's like it's like they they are devoted, like very few fan bases to their team. Mm-hmm. If you come in and ball yeah. out, you have a lot of people looking for your time. So please, if you can make time for us, and if this is a shell. Michael and I have been interviewing people and rookies for like for 20 something years. Wow. If this, this is a shell, you come out the shell. When you come out of it, God, golly. <laughs> you're gonna be creating, <laughs> you're gonna be creating shows. You're gonna be creating <laughs> programs. And if this is your shell. But really, man, this yeah. spot, this space is always open for you. Just keep that in mind. Uh, anytime you want to come by, in season or out, uh, yeah. we we'd love to have you and just kick it with you. You even gotta call nah, ahead. Man. Just show up. You, you ain't gotta you ain't gotta just knock, you ain't gotta call. Just it don't matter what we talking about. Just come in and I just pop in. I appreciate that, man. Hey, listen, anytime y'all need anything from me, I'm right here, man. Y'all, I mean, I'm right here. I'm a phone call, whatever, text message away. I stay right here. I ain't tripping. I'm I'm, I'm in the shell right now, so get me out of it. <laughs> I love this dude, man. I love this dude. What a draft! Oh my god, <laughs> this is my man. <laughs> Oh, my, my, uh, my new favorite player. Must love you in my Pittsburgh. new favorite player. <laughs> Najee I'm Harris, my you. new favorite guy. Najee Harris, future offensive rookie of the year. Hell, MVP. I got to figure out how to move up in a fantasy draft so I can get this dude on my team. <laughs>
since Eats and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, you were the best player on your team. Yes, that, now, now we talking. You could hit the ball. But I was fourth, fifth hitter. You know what that means. Clean up, yeah. Scrape clean up on aisle three. Come, come get it. Sounds like you're just an athlete. Yeah. Any okay? Ping pong, baseball, football, basketball, tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm gonna go do it. If it's some money on the line, I'm gonna go do it. Can you golf? Whatever you need me to do. Okay. Hockey. Whatever on the on the ring. Whatever you need me to do, it don't matter. Got it. Trash can ball. We can do whatever you want. Trash can. Cook ball. food. You can go pro. Cook food. It, that's something to do. I'm, I bet I'll be a one from day one. Um, let me tell you something. So Najee Harris just became the new oh. best friend oh of brother goodness. from another. He's my new favorite uh, rookie. I'm gonna just say rookie. I won't go too far, but uh, we love Naj- we love Najee Harris around these parts. Great first impression. Uh, been in love with Anthony Edwards, and uh, who runner up for rookie of the year and far away the runaway winner for best interview in the NBA because which partly because what you just heard just now. So he's officially listed as 6'4", but Chris Finch, Timberwolves coach, he said to the uh, Star Tribune that he's 6'6 now. And then Ant told him, don't let me get to 6'6", or I'll be Michael Jordan. I just remember the days as we welcome in Tom Haberstroh to talk about uh, Anthony Edwards and all things NBA. Um, I just remember the days when uh, leading up to the draft. I don't know if there's any stars in this draft or the number one pick. We don't know. Is Anthony Edwards the right call for the Timberwolves? Uh, safe to say they, they seem to have nailed that pick, especially the way he played down the stretch of the season, Tom Hamastro, and again, ended up being run up to LaMelo Ball uh, for Rookie of the Year. So, Stro, I'd love to get a two-for-one here off top. Uh, one, just... Your thoughts on Anthony Edwards as you studied him and, and his uh, projections or, or, or his potential, uh, given his skill set and what you saw as a rookie, but also, two, so much buzz about the Timberwolves want, being a team that is, is hungriest to add a Ben Simmons to that Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and potentially uh, D'Angelo Russell nucleus, which sounds really exciting. Yeah, I mean, you always hear it this time of year, guys. Right leading into in training camp, you hear about I'm in the best shape of my life. I've lost 15 pounds or I've gained 15 pounds of muscle. But now we're out here adding like height, like we're adding multiple inches of height <laughs> coming into training camp. Right. This reminds me of like Frank Vogel, uh, like with Indiana, Paul George became like 6'11 in one offseason. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Paul George is now like 6'10". And he didn't. Um, So I'm a little skeptical of these reports when coaches report that a player has grown two inches in the offseason. But I'm really curious about this offseason for the GM, Gerson Rosas, and the the Minnesota Timberwolves because they have an opportunity here 
to get a guy like Ben Simmons if Daryl Morey, the GM over on or the, the president of basketball operations for the 76ers, is willing to take D'Angelo Russell and maybe Malik Beasley in a trade. I don't think Daryl Morey is going to do that. I don't think they're going to get Ben Simmons without putting Anthony Edwards into a trade. They're going to be hungry. I think this Timberwolves organization, after selling to uh, a group headlined by Alex Rodriguez, they want to shake things up. They want to make a playoff push, just like they did a few years ago with Tom Thibodeau. But I just don't see it right now. The team is too young. They don't play enough defense to get there. And Anthony Edwards is exciting. Uh, But I don't think he's good enough yet or old enough. He might be tall enough now at 6'6", but he's got to be a little (laughs) bit better and more mature with the ball. Um, the lot cleaning up a lot of his shot selection for them to be in that playoff picture. I'm really interested to see finally D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns playing. I just don't know if it's enough to make the playoffs. Well, hold on now, Stro. Hold on. Look, if you Paul George actually did grow though. If you go back to draft day or or draft the pre-draft process, he was listed at like six four, six five, and then he did. He grew. Like it's not unusual. It didn't happen thing? to me. But, but I know some. But I know some people. I know some people at 20, 21 who do okay. grow. I wonder if it's a listed thing in though, pro Mike. basketball. Could it be a listed no, thing? No, like, just like Kevin Durant's listed at no. what six eleven, but he really like seven feet, seven one or something. No, you but know Paul George. Like they Paul George actually. Di- Paul George actually did. You know, he didn't become six eleven, but uh-huh. he did go from like six four, six yeah. five to like whatever he is now. But that's not what I want to ask you about. I want to ask you about this. You said you're interested to see some things about the, uh, with the Timberwolves, but let's take it beyond Minnesota. We haven't talked to you really since some of these offseason moves, some of these offseason trades that happened, all, all these signings. What are you most excited about going into the 21-22 season? I want to see what happens in Portland. Look, Chauncey Billups got off to a rough start this offseason with with the press conference and the allegations against him from several years ago, and the press conference was an absolute disaster. Then you have Damian Lillard, who may be making a trade demand, maybe not making a trade demand, and you have C.J. McCollum there who might be involved in those Ben Simmons talks because that entire situation of Ben Simmons – of Bradley Beal potentially like it all I kind of think hinges on the Portland Trailblazers they have a really rough schedule coming out of the gate Chauncey Billups has to be a rookie head coach with Damian Lillard's championship aspirations and that can be combustible like you're talking about Daryl Moore right now holding on to Ben Simmons and waiting for a Bradley Beal waiting for a Damian Lillard and right now he might be getting D'Angelo Russell or uh, Buddy Heald or um, C.J. McCollum. And if the Blazers get off to a rough start to start the season, man, I think that Damian Lillard can look at this situation and say, the offseason moves that Neil O'Shea, the GM, did is not enough to get me into a championship. And this Chauncey Billups hire was a a bad idea potentially from the start. I want out. And then Daryl Morey and Ben Simmons, they can all get together and decide to make a trade finally. Because that, I think, is the real inflection point in the NBA. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum in Portland, whether Daryl Morey is going to make that trade for C.J. McCollum or potentially if Ben Simmons somehow has a kumbaya moment with Philly, gets off to a good start, and maybe the Blazers don't get off to a good start, and they move from a C.J. McCollum trade value to a Damian Lillard. That is fascinating to me. Okay, and that's what I want to get to because 
that's that's a that's a big if and therefore a dangerous waiting game for Daryl Morey to presume that things are going to go south and south soon enough in Portland for Damian Lillard to force that issue or that Bradley Beal is going to do a 180 and decide, you know what, I've said all the right things all this time, but I really do want out of Washington and that Philly is going to be able to make that trade. So focusing on that Kumbaya, that's exactly what I was thinking here. As bad a fit basketball wise on the offensive end in particular as Simmons is an Embiid, or let's just say they could have a much better fit. They won a lot of games with them, but they could have a better fit offensively, specifically, uh, if they got rid of him. And as far gone as this situation seems to be, with Simmons now telling the organization, I want to trade, same as they've been trying to trade him, I wonder, Tom, do you see it as uh, beyond salvageable? Because if I, the way I look at Daryl Morey, as I've been thinking about this the last couple of days, is like, well, if you hold Ben Simmons in such high regard, that you won't look at the fact that you need to move him for a better fit. You want to get, you know, three, four first round picks or pick swaps, whatever it is, plus, you know, all star caliber players. Well, maybe you'd be better off just keeping him. Maybe you'd be better off just running it back if you think he's so good. So can they have a kumbaya moment and salvage this relationship in time for training camp or the regular season and bring Simmons back and see if he does improve in a way that he hasn't throughout his career on the offensive end, that is. Michael, I was watching Twitter a second ago. I don't know if you guys saw the video out of uh, Good Morning Philadelphia for the local Fox station there. Did you guys yeah. see this video of the I dumpster did. floating uh, down the river? I, that was messed up. We were trying Yo, to turn like, it around at the time. I don't know if we got it turned around. What are you doing? Like, what in Philly, what are you you're running <laughs> this dude out of town? The, the biggest thing that Philly could do right now is bring back Ben Simmons, lift his trade value, build his confidence up and then you can go get a Damian Lillard potentially right that is the goal if you're Philly if you're the fan base is to get Ben Simmons to play up to his potential figure out his free throws attack the basket in the fourth quarter hit a jump shot that would be amazing but right now I'm trying to envision Philly walking into like Ben Simmons walking into that arena a home game and raining from yeah. the rafters is just booze from the entire arena. Can you think of another scenario from, yeah. from here to then that that's not going to happen? So when that clip came out, I just said, the only person who's more mad about that, that clip airing in local Philly sports than Ben Simmons, the only person who's more mad is Daryl Morey. Because the hope yeah. that Ben Simmons would come into that training camp and be like, you know what? Bygones be bygones. Let's just ball. Let's go. I think that came at a much lower probability after watching that video because that I'm looking at that and I'm saying Ben Simmons is got to feel like oh that's how you feel about me all right yeah I'm definitely out now. See see strong yeah. this is no, why I mean, it's great to have people yeah, like you on. Embiid said it. it. Mike Embiid said it. The fans got to be better too. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they oh, you stop, know stop they're undermining Embiid. that process. Uh, and, 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 no stop with the fans. Uh, stop stop with the fans. Embiid. <laughs> Uh, no, but Stroh's and, right. No, Stroh's right. No, Stroh's right. I know. Stroh's right. I know Stroh's right. I no Stroh's right. Embiid can just sit down They're somewhere the same because thing. he had an opportunity. No, but he's saying the same same thing too late. He could have said that a long time ago. He's just only saying this now because he's trying to CYA. Come on, stop. All right, let, let me ask you. Because he might have Stroh, to play with him. I like you. Yeah, right. Stroh, I like having people like you on because. Unlike people who work in front offices or players, you're not you're not trying to spin it anyway. We can just say straight up what it is, and you can just tell me your truth, 
whatever it is. Uh oh. What is Ben Simmons? Tell me what Ben Simmons is as a player. Tell me what he can't be. And if you if you think he he has no possibility of being a championship player, you tell me that. But what what is it? What what is Ben Simmons ultimately his ceiling from your eyes? You know, I think he can be potentially uh, an MVP candidate if he adds a jump shot because he's already got all NBA caliber defense. He's already a great passer. He's got huge size and can finish around the rim. He's already been. He just turned 25, guys. He's already been all NBA, top 15 player in the NBA. He's already been an all-star three times, okay? The fact that he might not be the best player in a championship team, to me, great. Like, neither was Scottie Pippen. That's fine. You can be a top 50 all-time player and not be the best player on your team, on the championship team. The ceiling for him, I think, is 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 got to be MVP candidate. I don't think he's going to be an MVP one day. I think we have to be realistic about what we're seeing, the progression of his career at this stage. Remember, his first, his first playoff appearance, he averaged 16 points a game in the postseason. Then it went down to 13, and now it was at 11. And in that series against Atlanta, he averaged 9.9 points per game in that series and didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter in the last four games of that series. So some, he had it. He had it that rookie season. He's got it. It's in there. I think a change of scenery needs to happen for him to maximize his potential because that situation in Philly is toxic. And I will say this. I don't want to see another off-season summer pickup game where he's draining threes. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. We've done this for three years now, and it hasn't happened. I'm sick and tired of seeing Ben Simmons hit threes and pickup games and not see it in an NBA game. So I think he needs a change of scenery. I'm done with those off-season workout videos. And I just got to say, like, he still is an all-star in this league. It's just in the playoffs, you can't come into the playoffs with broken confidence trying to get to the rim or get to the free throw line. Charles Barkley was right. Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't care if he misses or airballs a a free throw. He doesn't care if he airballs a three-pointer. He's going to the rack every single time with reckless abandon. That's the opposite of Ben Simmons now. I want to see that, that mentality, and he can get there as an MVP candidate. Yeah, um, but I I agree with your your larger point. In the meantime, between time, you do have to kind of love the one you're with. If Daryl Morey is going to price them out of a reasonable trade, because he's holding out hope that things go south in Portland or DC, then if you're Philly fans, and if you're if you're Philly fans, and by extension, some of the media, obviously not you know objective media, you cannot further destroy this kid's confidence. Like if he's going to show up, you got to figure out a way to build him up. But right now he says he's not showing up. So look, um, in the Eastern Conference, or just really in the league in general, I don't want to get too excited about Paul Millsap or. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge presuming that he resigns with yes, you do. the Nets, but they just continue yes, to be more and more <laughs> loaded for bear. They were the Patty Mills sign and put it over the top of me, but they're, they're loaded. And if healthy, scary hours. So I'll put it to you real simply Nets of the field. I'm inclined to take the Nets. They're that overwhelming a favorite in my mind. Wait, did they win the East last year? Did I miss that? Did they win the championship last year? Did they I did. miss that? They did. And Michael Smith and Michael Smith did, did. did Kyrie Irving they get did. Did Kyrie Irving get hurt? Did James Harden get hurt? Let, let Connecticut. Me, Connecticut. I mean, maybe in Brooklyn. 
Did they go to Gainesville? Yeah, Connecticut and Brooklyn. And did, 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 we just get some straight Kevin Durant here. Wear a size shoe too big, and and and, it, and the three pointer was a two oh. instead of a three that could have won Game Seven. I mean, oh, that like is the most so tired storyline. Like most tired storyline. The whole in, he had a foot an inch away from the three point line, and that's the. Oh. There's so many like oh. missed shots that fall off. Preach, of bro. All over the game. Preach it's it. The big, it is so ridiculous. Like the idea that oh, if his foot was just an inch away, how many You're times where a ball way. falls off the rim or hits a, a fingertip of another player? But we're not focusing on that. We're focusing on that he wears long, bigger shoes than he should. No, I, I'm so, tired of that. I'm tired no. of that. Secondly, secondly, no, well, Michael, you don't have to be Michael, tired of it. You miss it. You no, miss let it him talk, point. Mike. The point no, Mike, is no, that Mike, despite the injuries, talk, shut up, Michael. The point is that despite no, the injuries, you shut up. You that shut they up. were this close to winning. And now if they come back healthy with a Patty Mills, they look even more formidable. That's all the point is. It's not taking anything away from Milwaukee. The biggest predictor of injury is prior injury. That is across all sports. If you want to have a player or a team that is going to say with the caveat, if healthy, you can't just say, Mm -hmm. hey, look, last year, they weren't healthy, but you know what? Next year they will be. The biggest predictor of injury is prior injury. So the idea that next year they're going to wave that magic wand and Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant are going to play 70 games together in next season, I think is a logical fallacy. Yes, if they are healthy. Mm. Yes, if Ben Simmons adds a jump That's shot. Everybody. Yes, you could say that about everybody, but when you have a prior history right. of an Achilles tear and you're up there in age and mileage and going through all those finals runs, and then in James Harden, he's had a history of 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 hitting a wall in the postseason. And Kyrie Irving, like people forget, Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving is as injury prone as the as it comes at the point guard position. So you're banking on three superstars or three stars, I should say. I don't consider Kyrie a superstar. You you consider three stars all being healthy at the same time. But the thing I want to come back to here in your argument here, Michael, is Patty Mills is the one that is going to make you believe that it's the (laughs) the Nets over the field. Like they made an addition of a 33-year-old backup. I don't know if something's wrong with your (laughs) IFB or not. But what I'm saying is, okay, you're the numbers guy. I'm sure you got numbers somewhere around to support this. Had when they played the most unstoppable (laughs) offense in NBA history, if I'm not mistaken, it, it, from the Michael don't know how to understand it's too big a word for him. From an analytics perspective, they were one of the, if not the most, insto- unstoppable offenses ever. I hear what you're saying about injury and getting older. I'm not going to say that they're going to be hurt, just like I can't say that they won't get hurt. I'm talking about when you put those three dudes on the court, and the fact is, they weren't on the court when they lost in seven games in overtime to the eventual champion. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility to suggest that if they if they are on the court together with the Patty Mills, with the same player, the core that they had, that they can win the championship. They're they're the overwhelming favorites as it is. Y'all two are in the minority. They're the overwhelming favorites and rightfully so. I got to hear this every day. Stro, this is what I have to listen to. I'm so glad I'm not the crazy one. You've confirmed it. This dude's crazy. This dude, he, he, he's just making excuses. He doesn't even hear himself. You hear it. This is what I hear. Yo, this is what I heard, had to hear. I'm spitting facts. The entire playoffs. I'm telling you facts. And after the fact. I'm telling you facts. Oh. I'm telling you Yo, facts. If you, but you're coming, in with, you're coming in with conditionals, caveats, that you're already accepting is going to happen. You're saying it's not if a they're healthy. They were hurt. 
But I could I could say that for every team in the league. If if Anthony Davis doesn't hurt his groin or is is LeBron James, if LeBron James got a time machine and could age in no, reverse no, 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 for no, no, ten no, no, years. No, 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 Time out, time out. We're arguing. We're not. We're not. We should. You and I should be arguing. I'm not accounting for for this knucklehead. I'm not accounting for him. I'm not. Forget Michael. Okay. You no, and no, I no, should no, be no. arguing. You, I'm no, not saying you that they clear. should have won last year's championship. Or I'm not. I'm not a. Sure, you we talked about this before. You wrote a whole great article about luck and asterisks uh, throughout NBA history. I'm not. Right. I'm not affixing an asterisk to last season. That's not what I'm doing. I'm and you. I, I hear what you're saying about scientifically a, a predictor of future injuries is past injury. That I'm not going to argue with that. So if you're telling me that it's likely that they're not going to be healthy, okay, I trust you've done the research. What I am saying is, for whatever it's worth, on paper. Look how close they came when everybody was hurt last year and they barely played together. If based on the talent, they deserve to be overwhelming favorites. That's it. I'm not saying that it's an asterisk for Milwaukee. I'm saying going into next year, they deserve to be favorites. Okay, that's fine. Um, Just the idea that the Brooklyn Nets over the field is what I'm pushing back against because for that to happen, you'd have to say that this team is going to break the regular season record. Like, that is when you're going into a season saying they have a better chance of winning the championship than all other teams combined. I'm not with you. And for the reasons that I stated, Patty Mills is a really good backup point guard scoring guy. Who's 33 years old. And that's their big addition. And they didn't win the East last year. And we had the same expectations for those, that big three. Now, granted, Kevin Durant was coming off an Achilles. We didn't see an MVP caliber, Kevin Durant right off the bat. Um, We didn't envision that happening. And he did, produce at a ridiculous level last year but i'm looking at this season and saying milwaukee bucks they might not be the favorite out of the east i will concede that i think brooklyn should be the favorite coming out of the east especially with the uncertainty of philly and combined with the milwaukee bucks like that is a brutal turnaround for them you have not just a championship run but drew holiday and chris middleton played overseas for the olympic team after that like we thought last year's turnaround was bad man, this is going to be so hard for Milwaukee to run this back. So at the top of the East, I can understand that the Brooklyn Nets, you should feel that they're overwhelming favorites. But man, you got the Lakers coming next year. You got another year of Utah. We'll see what happens with Rudy Gobert and 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 Donovan Mitchell. But also, y'all have seen Nikola Jokic and how good he looks this offseason. He's lost some weight. He's looking actually kind of cut. And, and I, I'm not saying he's going to be a back-to-back MVP. I'm not taking him over the field like Michael is. But, man, there are a lot of good teams in the NBA next year, and I just don't think the Brooklyn Nets are are a 70-win team next year, and that's what it has to be for them to be better than the field. Yeah. Tom Haberstroh, I got to tell you. uh, It's my favorite Stroh You have a wonderful – you got a wonderful background there with with all the art. There's a picture of an adorable little girl. I don't know who who that is. Adorable picture. (laughs) Uh, Great books there. So I hesitate to tell you this with such a beautiful setting. Take that mic, pick it up, and slam it down, my brother. <laughs> slam it down. Slam it down. You Alex, have made your hey, case we gotta, emphatically, we gotta let you go. stylistically, we gotta let you go. beautifully. Great stuff, Stro. Oh, no, you let Great us stuff, go. Stroh. No, no, no. We ain't got to let, let you go. go. You got to let us go. No, you got to let us no. go because you yeah, made you, you, you said I can't get rid of this mic you because then I got to I got to come back. I got to come back. I can't get rid of this mic. But, well, but, fantastic but, appearance. But between now and the next time you come back, I want you got to reevaluate yourself because anytime you agree with Michael Holly, you should be questioning yourself. Just saying. Like the it's last been, thing you ever you want to do Stroh. is agree with that guy. 
Okay. It's been a great week for me. I got it. It's been a great week for me. You're better than between 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 Mac Jones and your Brooklyn Nets take. I'm good. I can die in peace now. Twice. Thank you, Lord. Broken clock. Thank you. Broken Mm. clock. Hey, it's been broken a couple times this week. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. sit here and talk about any of the players on our roster. I don't, I don't think there's really anything that's uh, beneficial that comes out of that for us. But uh, Cam's I had a chance to compete against Cam. Um, you know, a chance to watch you know some of his tape in, in New England. So, um, I, I still think he has a, a ton, of, ton of football left. But, you know, we're, we're, we're very excited about the group that we have. All right, as Michael Holly uh, continues his uh, four-day victory lap, um, for Mac Jones being named the starter and Cam Newton being released. This, this is my favorite shot of the show is when we go full wide and have Vinny Goodwill from Yahoo and Karen Phillips from Deadspin. Karen, you look good, bro. That's, 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 real, that's nice. That's real nice. Look at that. That's uh, that vintage, Karen, that's that vintage that look right there. Karen, start with you. I know you wrote about it. Vinny, we talked about it last week, so I know you weren't surprised by this week's development, but Karen, I know you wrote about it for Deadspin. Uh, just... Let's unpack. Uh, Cam fumbled. How does he recover? He go get a shot. He goes to CVS or he goes to Walgreens, and that's it. That's it's as simple as that. Go get a sh- shut up. Go get a shot. Stop tweeting and Instagramming the hieroglyphics, and you can get a job in the NFL. It's just that simple. Um, he was in the perfect spot. He had a, a franchise that respected and valued him. He had a head coach that respected and valued him. And, you know, we've seen the dynamic of how Bill Belichick reacts with certain players. But the situation between him and Cam was always positive. Um, offseason, last season with everything that happened. And then in early in this um, offseason, as the season's getting ready to start, you know, they've always said very public, um, positive things about each other. Um, and it just felt like this was a great position for Cam to where if Mac Jones is going to beat him out, it's going to be on the field but they were going to give him an opportunity. He signed for some pretty good guaranteed money, and then he just blew it all away because he didn't want to get a shot. So that's it. Go get a shot, and you can play. Until you go get that shot, Vin? you'll be at home. Vin? I mean, I don't even know if it's that complicated. I do think there's a layer to it that, if I remember correctly, Cam Newton does not take painkillers. So he probably has some aversion to needles as a whole. I don't know if this is a, you know, moral stance or being an anti-vaxxer. I think there's a couple more layers to it. But you're right, if Cam Newton wants to continue playing professional football, he's going to have to go somewhere and get this shot because availability being the number one thing in the NFL, as we've talked about before, you can get cut in a heartbeat. You can get cut for having a hangnail let alone being able, being a threat in the quarterback room to COVID. You know, a threat in the quarterback room means that you're a threat uh, for the team, which means you can basically forfeit a game, which means you're forfeiting game checks. That's that's a liability to franchises, let alone 
everything else that comes with the specter of being Cam Newton. He has some making up to do as far as reclaiming his name on this NFL stage. Like, he had a good start last year, and then COVID hit. But it wasn't such a great start that people are going to remember it in a way that, oh, yeah, we know what Cam can do. 2015 was a long time ago, and we remember the hits that he's taken and maybe some of those completion percentage numbers that he had as opposed to maybe the receivers he wasn't playing with in New England last year, even despite that good start. Like some of those details sort of get lost, and you're just trying to figure out, okay, if you still want to do this and you're still a relatively young man, I don't see Cam Newton coming and doing TV anytime soon. He's going to have to, if he wants the NFL, wants all this other stuff, then you're still going to have to go ahead and get this jab. Like, I'm, you know, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure something out here. Everybody's saying they hate the rules, right? We all hate the rules for whatever. This ain't just NFL players. This is the anti-vaxxers agreement. But y'all see stop signs and stop at them, right? Y'all see red lights, <laughs> yellow lights, green lights, and obey the structure of the law. Now we're going to talk about, yeah, I don't want to get this jab because this is the law controlling us. What law you been living in for the past umpteen years where you ain't following the rules of man? Like, I don't get what we, all of a sudden, this moral stand. We've been following rules since we since we got on this earth. Uh, you know, uh, uh, that's a good point. I'm going to say this on, on Cam. I know I, I made some jokes about him doing TV and in a Peacock original series, and I, I really do think he'd be great at that. But I'm going to tell you, straight up, straight up, though, for real, fellas. You know, Mike, he would be great at this. I'm going to tell you, Brian Hoyer is probably on his third or fourth stint with the Patriots. I mean, they've traded him. They've cut him. They cut him like the Colts got him and got him paid. He went back to the Patriots, went to San Francisco. In other words, you can be with the Patriots, leave, and come back. I really believe the best spot for him is the New England Patriots as a backup quarterback. Because if you look at their quarterback room, and it's September, what, third? Their quarterback room is looking lame. I think that's the best spot for him. Going back with the Patriots, and I think I think there's still time for that to happen. It's a two-person quarterback room so up there now. Yeah, that's it. Matt Jones and so Jared Stidham. Um, that's it. Yeah, that 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 doesn't Stidham's sound hurt. Like a, that's Stidham's hurt. Of, of of depth right there. So look, um, I think the last time we did this 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 uh, four-way. Um, it was ahead of the verses between the Isleys and Earth, Wind, and Fire, <laughs> if memory serves. So I go to YouTube right. for my music reviews. Karen, I love to know. I mean, I, I know you listen to Certified Lover Boy. That feels like, you know, your moniker. <laughs> it just feels like, you know, like, right, look, right, look, about, look at my shirt. Oh, look I'm at saying, my shirt, like, okay? If, if anybody was listening to Certified Lover Boy, it was you. So, Karen and Vinny, love to know what y'all hear. Think about Certified Lover Boy. And in comparison, if at all, to Donda, if you check that out as well. So, let me get your music review, Karen. I'm just going to say this because, unlike everyone else on Twitter, I need to sit with the album longer than two seconds to, to understand how I feel about it. I listened to it all last night at like 2 a.m. after I left the movies and I saw uh, Shang-Chi, which is fire. Um, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't had a chance to like go back and, and listen to songs again. So I'm gonna let it ride through the weekend in the next couple of weeks. So next time we do this, I have a better idea, but I haven't had a chance to sit with Drake and with Drake projects. Like 
no matter when they come on, there's always a couple of songs I like at first, but it takes me a couple of weeks um, to really get in the groove of everything. Now, Donda, on the other hand, I didn't like anything on that. Um, and that's just was well, what it is. Just, just yay isn't the same yay he used to be. That's just not a, a knock to him. Uh, but yeah, that's my quick two cents is give me more time with Drake and I don't have any more time left for yay. <laughs> what you got, Vinny? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not as much of a veteran uh, of certified lover boy music. Uh, that that's like a genre. That's an album. I feel like that's a genre that Drake <laughs> has been sort of riding on. He just happened to coin an album that I gave it a little bit of a go when I was making some runs. I'll, I'm I'm with Karen on the stand of you got to try to sit with an album. Like as soon as it came out, by like twelve ten a.m., which I was sleep by that point because. Who gonna be waiting up at midnight for an album like from that dude? You know what I mean? And trying to like like a I gotta like I need some rest. I'm a little bit on the old side. I ain't 17 trying to wait on the uh the la- look the last album I got straight out the package. You know I might have been the first blueprint like literally the first blueprint running to the record store getting it out and listening. So I think I actually got it a couple of days early because I knew the uh, owner of a record store. But I digress. <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a Detroit thing, y'all. My bad, it's a Detroit thing. Um, but yeah, so with with Drake, one thing I will say is he knows how to pick beats. Those beats are fire. I don't know nothing about the content. Yeah, we are going to be misogynist. It's going to be strip club music. It's going to be some whining on it and everything else. You got to work yourself past that. I need at least three days with that. For that Donda, I'm going to tell you like this. I haven't been interested in the Kanye West record for a while, at least five or six years. Like to me, if you're recreating your childhood home and Soldier Field and doing all this other stuff, you know what that tells me? That tells me the music ain't that good. That means the music is, is literally a distraction to all this other stuff. You are trying to create a spectacle more than you are trying to actually create music. For a long time, Kanye used to be at the front of music, at the front of the genre, at the front of the culture. Now it seems like he's like a man without a country. And I don't see how we as black folks, like, I feel like I can say this here because it's just us four here and nobody else in the world is listening or watching this. Right. Nobody's watching. We, 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 we still riding with Kanye West off some of the nonsense that, that he's been riding for, considering the fact that he was trying to bring yeah. you know who to you know where a couple weeks ago. Oh, no, I'm not riding for that. He can he can stay where he's at. I'll never listen to Kanye West. His music ain't that great. Yeah, but OK. To, to, to oversee all this other stuff. You know what I mean? That's the point. That's yeah. the point. It, 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 they're talking about separate the art from the artist. The art ain't what it used to be. You have to. To, to, to require this back, these well, backflips to separate it, it's funny, though. two things. I mean, it's funny, Mike, I Mike mean Smith, we, we just talked to this. We could have this same conversation okay. about a okay. certain okay. rapper okay. that likes to dap up Roger Goodell, too, if y'all really want right. to keep it all the way funky without That's yelling. right. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Just yeah. saying. Like we just, hey, hey, Wanna- hey, fellas, we just had a, we just had a conversation with uh, Pittsburgh Steelers rookie Najee Harris, who said Donda is a masterpiece. He said it's a he's masterpiece. What, 19? And he- he's nineteen. He's nineteen. I'm exactly. not paying attention to what hey, no nineteen year old says about so that, so that, so, so that's being what- a masterpiece. Get out of here. But I do want to talk about masterpieces, though, because when you t- took me down memory lane, we talk about the record store there. Uh, before we let y'all go, we, got, we don't have a whole lot of time left with you fellas, but I, I appreciate y'all taste and y'all expertise in this area. Because, like, for the last week, I've been banging ATLians, which celebrated 25 years a week ago. 
And ATL was that 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 CD. Like that's when you got your mom's car, and you're like, all right, I got the I got the ride. This is what I'm rolling to, and it stands. It stood the test of time. Instant classic, and it remains a classic. I would love to know for you two, like, what's that album for you? Like, I was 17 when ATL came out. So, Karin, do you have like an album that you still ride out to? that just defines kind of like your youth or your coming of age, the way AT Aliens does for me. Michael was like 10 years older, so I don't think AT Aliens does it for Michael. <laughs> Maybe some a little Nine. bit older. Nine, Nine. Nine years old. But I don't know if you got an album that, so when that, you, just, that jumps out I had out a job. Like so when you were 17, I was, I was working. I was making some money. I had a job. But anyway, go ahead. You were working. You, with benefits. Right. With benefits. I mean, uh, I definitely got a couple R&B albums, but if we're thinking of rap, the one I think that that grabs me the most that like takes me back to where I was actually would be Drake. It would be so far gone. And the reason I'm saying that was um, successful. Like I remember where I was in Mm -hmm. was that 2008, 2009, 2007, somewhere around there where I dropped, like where I was in life, where I was trying to get to. And I remember the first time I heard successful. And I had never heard a song that embodied everything that I was dealing with, trying to figure out or where I wanted to be. And so anytime I listen to So Far Gone, which is still my favorite Drake album, even though it's not an album, like I can vividly remember a lot of those songs in terms of like relationships, work, career, the struggle, because um, that's when he was trying to get on. But you, you pop that back on and I could, it's like going in a time machine. I. I remember all those emotions and those feelings of, of trying to find success, especially with that song, and willing to do whatever it mm-hmm. took to get there. My skin not too not that tender to be uh, standing Drake like that. My skin a little too tough for that. I'm a little too 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 chocolate for all that all that light skin to talk. Uh, we, we, right. we can tell. I, 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 I applaud your vulnerability. I really do. I, I applaud the vulnerability to, to admit to such things. Uh, although that would wow. not, there's, no, there's another word I would use for that, but I'm going to say vulnerability uh, to respect Karin. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, but for me, and, and I do think that wow. music, I do think listen, that music. Listen, 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 listen. I, I don't take jabs or receive them or they have no effect on me from a grown man who don't have nothing hanging on the walls, y'all. Look, it, it, listen, listen. <laughs> you just, you just, you just got to swipe it off, man. It just look, you know. I'm not, in, I'm not in front of the one that's got something on it, fool. But I will, but You're I will say this. Time, Vinny, what's yours? I will, I'll say this. No, but but seriously, I'll say this. For me, it's probably Jay Z's Black Album, and not that it was his best album, but okay. I was a, uh, I think I was like a sophomore in college at the time. And, you know, that's like when you're 19, you're in a different space, you're, you're kind of maturing and seeing things differently. So seeing Jay on that tip at that point in life, not even that that's a classic album or one of his classics, that might be like his fourth best album, but that just took me back to a particular place in time where I can listen to uh, him on Allure and just ride that track out consecutively, let the windows down on a cool night, ride it out for like three or four straight times and just ride and just ride with that beat. So Karin, I'll Karin, look, I'm not gonna crack on you. I know you 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 are a man of a lot of taste. So I appreciate the vulnerability, and that is not a crack on you at all, Scooter. I promise. I wasn't even in college when that album dropped. I was out. I was done. Wait, wait. That wasn't a that wasn't a crack on who? No, I call him y'all call no, I called him Scooter. You know, because remember living single? I called him Scooter. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't get him started. Don't get him Scooter. started. Hey, it's all good. Started. Listen, you want you want Karn, you won this conversation the moment you showed up, okay? As we go, as we ride out, as we ride out on this edition of Brother from Another, we will see y'all Tuesday. Let's take Karn full, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and take let's get let's get a wide shot. Of, of this ensemble. We're not Jerome, good enough for you to be dressing that like that unless you roll out of bed like belt. that. That's what that is. Mike, that's what that is. Gerard, <laughs> you know that your pops has the mushroom belt. <laughs> he coordinated. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.